we have got such a fun game planned. Oh. Brand new game. I am Aww. ridiculously hyped for it. I think it's going to bring out the best and the worst of both of you. Don't oversell and under-deliver, Matt. Oh, oh. I've spent a long while thinking of security questions for our security question generation game show. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever we're calling that. Somebody is either using the bathroom or filling up a water bowl. Do you think that I have my podcasting equipment in the toilet? Yes. <laughs> Anno jumped right to yes. There was no hesitation. Like, yes. <laughs> It'd be a lot more echoey. No, I'm making a coffee. A coffee. Ah. I'm having a coffee. It's a pour over, so you get to hear the, the delightful tinkle tinkle of my coffee. So we've got an interesting show for everyone this week. We don't have a guest. We don't have anyone to, to come in. We're just talking about WWDC, a bit of Watchtower Weekly, and then a game. Yeah. Yeah, we missed out on Watchtower Weekly last week, so we've got a, an extended edition this week. Kind of feels like the old days. This does feel like the old days, Matt. I like that. Can we just take a moment to appreciate how good Emily is on the show, though? <sighs> I mean... She's fantastic. So great. Yes. I feel like now I, I'm the odd one out when we have that trio, because... I just, I don't think I'm I'm as funny as you two. Oh, I love that. I needed to hear that. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you okay. never compliment me. You never compliment me, even in a backhanded way. That was amazing. <laughs> You're going to be riding on that one for weeks, bro. You, you, have, no, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk WWDC. Oh. Yeah, let's. Yes. I am literally just sitting down after returning my MacBook Air. <laughs> my personally purchased MacBook Air that I ordered in May. It came a month later in June, and then I had to return it. <laughs> my uh, my work uh, M1 MacBook arrived yesterday morning, like 10, 10 minutes before the, the keynote started. I was like, no, nah, that's a good time. <laughs> you, you've got like a 16-inch thing now, right? Intel. Yeah, I've got a 16-inch Intel right now. Yeah, so this thing's going to be lightning fast compared to that. I, I've got one of those, and I don't know why it feels so old now. Like, I pick it up and it weighs about a ton. This thing replaced a 2013 MacBook Pro that I absolutely loved, and I was so sore to get rid of it because it was, it was a great computer, and it died, like, right before the M1s became available. And now, and this thing, like, even on day one, I was like, eh, yeah. it wasn't that great. You got the touch bar? So every time, every time you go and try to change the volume, you change the track instead. That's that's a classic feature. <laughs> uh, shout out to the one person who noticed that we took away touch bar support in in One Password Eight. <laughs> the, <laughs> the one person that uh, noticed that. Yes. Yeah. So, what was your favorite part of WWC? I like that Apple is taking our lead, <laughs> and uh, with with the stuff that we've been doing with One Password Eight for iOS. And they're making the lock screen customizable in the way that we're making the, the home tab customizable. I like the new the new lock screen mm. stuff because I, right now I feel like it's not as good as it could be. And I have just the other day, I was like, God, you know, it'd be great if I could like put some widgets on here, like put some extra information, maybe the weather. I literally had that thought the other day and then they announced it. Mm. It was great. The fact that it changes with focus as well. That's really cool. Yes, 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 yes. I, I haven't set that stuff up yet. It's infuriating. Like, sometimes I try and wake up in the middle of the night on purpose, and 
there's some sort of mode on my phone that doesn't set an alarm off. And then other times it just lets text messages straight through. <laughs> it lets messages. <laughs> oh, Would God. you like to say that again? <laughs> Would you like to do it one more time? It lets text messages just go straight through. boy. I believe you were talking about ice creams last night with some friends, Rue. Yeah, yes. That was about what, one in the morning. Those all went straight through, notified me on my watch. Um, no. no. <laughs> I just, I can't. No, I've turned off all vibrations on the watch now. It's purely like it glows in the dark and that's it. See, my favourite things were the message aspects. I don't know why we didn't have unread messages before or edit messages or delete messages. <sighs> I love that. I do think delete messages will cause some arguments. That was my initial thought on that one. Is it only the last message? I'm just thinking of like, is this rife for abuse? Because if you can edit messages all the way up, like you yeah. could change the context of a conversation. I know, pretty, exactly. Pretty People nastily. are going to be like, you said that. And the other person's going to be like, well, no, I didn't. Well, it shows that it's edited, just like in Slack, how it's like edited. So at least it says that it's been edited. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, going to cause a lot of arguments. No, people are just going to get in the habit of screenshotting things that they think are inflammatory. It's fine. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, great. Screenshot blackmail, just what society needs. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the, the big thing from the security side was uh, passkeys. Yep. Again, Apple chasing our news. Passwordless is here. Yeah. I mean, you know, a couple of demos we put out. The day before, we put yep. out a demo of, of how 1Password works with WebAuthn, which kind of is the the father of passkeys, I would say. Passkeys, or FIDO multi-device credentials, are essentially a key pair, public and private, that you log in with. So you keep your private key, the service has your public key, and then it checks the two and you log in. I think most places are going to use them as a supplement, almost like biometrics, to passwords. Some places are, are replacing passwords with that. The interesting thing is you can have a number of them. So you can set up one on your phone. You can sync that to your laptop or whatever. Or you can use one on your phone and you know generate a complete other one on your laptop. So obviously the cascade of keys that will start to be generated, the platforms currently. So that's Google, Apple, Microsoft. Those three are looking to essentially do as much as they can to be the, the holder of those keys. Obviously, the difficulty there is if you do have a an Android phone and an iOS iPad or something like that, like all of this stuff starts to become quite complicated in how many times you need biometrics to generate keys and all this kind of stuff. Like you could end up with more pass keys than actual passwords. But I do think it is moving in a good direction where all of these things will start to, to line up and you won't have to go around hunting for your password as, as much for the services that you perhaps haven't used a password manager for or, or something like that. I think basically in the future, there will be a mixture of all these types of things. You'll have passwords from the from the old services. You'll have pass keys from the new one, from the new services. You'll have a bunch of other similar technologies I think there are a few standards for passwordless. The interesting thing about Apple and passkeys is they are making them fairly widely available through like other platforms and, and for other browsers and, and that kind of type of stuff. And so I, I think we will I think we will be pretty successful in picking up ones that are saved elsewhere and we'll do obviously what we can. 
I think one password is going to be a great place to store pass keys. It's so good. I know. And one password is going to work with it all. Yeah. Which would be great. We kind of become a passwordless manager as well as a password <laughs> manager. What do we call ourselves? Everybody asks that question, but like. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah. cue the jokes yeah. for zero password. Zero password. <laughs> Shall we talk about some Watchtower Weekly? Yeah, let's do it. So this first one. Ransomware demands acts of kindness to get back your files. This is from Tripwire. This is the goodwill ransomware that isn't interested in extorting money from you. It wants you to do something good for the world. Like most other ransomware, goodwill encrypts the usual file types, documents, databases, photographs, videos, locking away your content. But rather than demand thousands of pounds worth of cryptocurrency in exchange for the decryption key, the Goodwill ransomware wants you to do something good for the world, provide video proof, and that's how you get your stuff back. So they say our aim is the word goodwill, which means to show kindness. The team goodwill is not hungry of money and wealth, but kindness. We want to make every person on the world to be kind and wants to give them a hard lesson to always help the poor and needy. So all of our victims need to be gentle and kind to get back their files, explained the multi-page ransom note. The Goodwill ransomware then goes on to say that victims can perform three acts of goodwill. The first request is for you to donate new clothes and blankets to the homeless. Victims are told to make a video of them giving assistance to people sleeping rough and post it on their Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp in order to encourage others to do that thing that helps others in need. The second requested act involves taking five poor children under the age of 13 to Domino's, Pizza Hut or KFC and allow them to order any of the food that they wish. Taking selfies with them full of uh, smiles and happy faces, make a beautiful video story and then post it again on your Instagram and Facebook. The final requested act of goodwill involves providing financial assistance to those who need urgent medical assistance but cannot afford to pay for it themselves. They say to visit the nearest hospital in your area and observe the crowd around you inside the hospital premises. You will see that there will be some people who need an urgent amount of money for their medical treatment but are unable to arrange due to any reason. Provide them the maximum part of the required amount. Again, take selfies with them full of smiles and happy faces. This is the weirdest dystopian thing I have yeah. ever... This remind. This is like the purge almost or something similar yes. to that i get those kind of vibes from this the ransomware attackers say that if you provide convincing evidence that you've done the above then they will provide a decryption tool with the key and the video tutorial for the recovery of the scrambled files do we think anybody is actually going along with this scheme no in one word what would you do i mean if you were hit by this at least it's somewhat altruistic i guess like, I mean, this has good intentions the same way that Batman does, but ends up like, you know, destroying buildings or, or Superman or, you know, something like that. <laughs> Just the, the collateral damage of which destroys half the city. But we, we do save a few people. Batman doesn't kill anybody, but my God, do those guys need orthopedic surgery when, they, when he's done with it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you think that doing something bad in that they are taking people's data for ransom kind of undermines their point? 100%. Yeah. They're not targeting bad people they're not setting a good example are they not not that even if they targeted bad people it's the old two rights don't make a wrong two wrongs don't make a right rob the rich to give to the poor yeah all of those things i think still it's just missing the the point ransomware in its very nature is bad you are doing damage they're they're kind of saying you know you can do this and you can help society 
they're the ones damaging it. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. by you doing good... It's like normalising ransomware to make it seem okay. Yeah. Because at least some good's coming out of it. I wouldn't be surprised if the other half of their business is the normal na- nasty ransomware. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. No, no thank you, I think is my answer to that. And uh, what I would do in that situation is download one of my unencrypted backups from uh, iCloud. (laughs) So this next one, Vodafone plans carrier level user tracking for targeted ads. So Vodafone is piloting. uh, This is coming from Bleeping Computer. Vodafone is piloting a new advertising system called Trust PID, because if you put trust in the name, it's certainly good which will work as a persistent user tracker at the mobile internet service provider level. The new system is in a test phase in Germany and is intended to be impossible to bypass from within the web browser settings or through cookie blocking or IP address masking. So the mobile carrier plans to assign a fixed ID to each customer and associate all user activity with it. The ID will be based on a number of parameters so that the system will be able to maintain persistence, essentially. Then the mobile ISP creates a personal profile based on that ID and helps advertisers serve targeted ads to each customer without disclosing any of the identifying details. According to Vodafone, the problem arises for its internet subscribers that the free parts of the internet are threatened by stricter cookie blocking and privacy boosting schemes. Apple already, of course, blocks default tracking everywhere, which essentially destroyed Facebook's business model. Google is also expected to switch off its advertising cookie in Chrome by 2023. These new models threaten the targeted advertising industry. And according to Vodafone, the danger of this is losing content and platforms currently supported by ads. That strikes me as It really does. All of these things, they will find another way. Hopefully, that is a little bit less gross. It's like saying, oh no, we need everybody's name in an email address before they go into um, the cinema because we need to show ads that are based on those people. You don't need to, as if consumerism isn't rife enough already right (laughs) Uh, so consumers appreciate the idea of a free internet but this comes with trade-off publishers need a sustainable revenue model meaning that it becomes essential to add subscription paywalls or rely on advertising to maintain free access to high quality internet content this is the explanation on the trust pid website managed by vodafone sales and services Vodafone explains that trust PID will be generated through randomness <laughs> and its subscribers will have the option to manage their consent over accepting the, the tracking via the company's privacy portal. Having the ISP have the power to assign persistent tracking IDs is quite concerning at the root of this and not everyone will be willing to accept the kind of superficial benefits. Patrick Breyer, the member of the European Parliament and digital rights activist, said the online activities of an individual allow for deep insights into their past and future behavior and make it possible to manipulate them. These personal profiles or or personality profiles, which cover even political opinion, sexual orientation, medical conditions, are a risk to privacy, but also to national security, where officials can be blackmailed, and also to democracy, where elections and referendums can be manipulated. A unique ID would allow for monitoring entire digital lives. He goes on to say these schemes are totally unacceptable and the trials should be stopped. 
democracy is not for sale. Oh. Maybe I should read that in the This is Democracy Manifest voice. <laughs> <laughs> democracy is not for sale. <laughs> Despite the objections, Vodafone is proceeding with their limited trial of Trust PID, and according to Spiegel, the newspaper, T-Mobile, Deutsche Telekom, is also planning to test what they are calling the super cookie. I hate every piece of this. <laughs> oh. I immediately oh. will tell everybody not to go with Overphone nope. uh, or, or T-Mobile. I think that this is a way for them just to extort slightly more money because then they weren't in the advertising business before, or were they? I don't know. I don't see how they can be if they can't assign stuff like this. Yeah. But oh, it's just awful. This is like another Cambridge Analytica waiting to happen by the sounds of it. Yeah, and I can't remember which ISP it was that had multiple uh, data breaches. But I feel like if a data breach contained your trust PID number, it would be pretty bad. The thing that assigns you the number knows who you are. I mean, all right, they're generated through randomness. Let's, you know, let's appreciate that. The the technical competency of, of these companies, I wouldn't be surprised if I found out my own PID number and I incremented it by one that it wouldn't come back with someone else. Yeah. The the things that I search on the internet, I'm not sure this would be of any use to me, honestly. Like, I, I'm not an advertiser's dream because I'm just constantly like, oh, should I buy an umbrella? No, I won't buy an umbrella. <laughs> and then, like, I never think of it again. And I, I have about 30 of those thoughts a day uh, that span everything from exercise classes to umbrellas. And... I don't find targeted ads particularly that targeted because they they are the sum of all the things, right? And I feel like I am a little bit too erratic. Maybe they have a brilliant profile of me. They probably know you're a middle-aged man, though. Yeah, that's true. A 30-year-old. Oh, yeah, I get... Middle-aged? I I get... uh, (laughs) Is he dying at 60? Oh, the the (laughs) 40-year-old took... uh, Took heed to that comment. <laughs> yeah. After three uh, barbecues, he's dying at 60. <laughs> All right, that's fair. After that banana milkshake, I'm dying, I think. <laughs> okay, so let's move on. Twitter has been fined $150 million. Is that chump change for, for Musk? He doesn't own it yet, right? Probably. He's trying to get out of it, I think. He's not going to own it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's, it's like a soap opera at this point. Yes. He is 100% not going to end up buying Twitter. It's... Fantastic. So uh, this is from Dark Reading. Twitter has been fined 150 million for security data misuse. So the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, has issued a 150 million dollar fine against Twitter for misrepresenting its security and privacy practices. The FTC, in, in cooperation with the Department of Justice, says that Twitter has been using email addresses and phone numbers it collects from users to enable two-factor authentication to serve targeted advertising. I think I've had one of these. I think I've had a Twitter text message come through when I've only ever given them my phone for, for 2FA. In addition to the fine for the violation, Twitter has been given a list of do's and don'ts. It's prohibited from making a profit on data collected under the guise of security. It must allow users to use mobile authentication apps and security keys for multi-factor authentication, which don't require a user to provide their phone number. It must also notify users if their data has been misused. It must implement a comprehensive information security policy. It must limit employee access to personal user data. And it must notify the FTC of any company breaches. 
As the complaint notes, Twitter obtained data from users on the pretext of harnessing it for, I love the word harnessing, harnessing it for security purposes, but then ended up also using it to the data to target users with ads, said the FTC chair. This practice affected more than 140 million Twitter users. Oh, I probably am in that. <laughs> While boosting Twitter's primary source of revenue. This is like as if 2FA, first of all, I mean, it's pretty good that they managed to get 2FA up to 140 million Twitter users, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. I mean, 2FA is difficult to get people to adopt. So, but yeah, this is this is such a step back. I just love that Twitter have to be told that they can't make a profit from security data. Like, isn't that obvious? Aren't they just scraping for ways to make a profit? Uh, so this next one is the Canadian special. The Tim Hortons app has violated privacy laws in a collection of vast amounts of sensitive location data. So, people who downloaded the Tim Hortons app had their movements tracked and recorded every few minutes of the day, even when the app was not open, which is in violation of Canadian privacy laws. The investigation concluded that Tim Hortons' continual and vast collection of location information was not proportional to the benefits Tim Hortons may have hoped to gain from better targeting promotion of its coffee and other products. I bet the Canadians who investigated this felt, felt a little bit traitorous. A little bit like whistleblowers, almost. <laughs> because Tim Hortons seems to be such like a, a stalwart of, of Canadian society. I bet this felt a little bit dirty to rat on them. So the Tim Hortons app asked for permission to access the mobile device's geolocation functions, but misled many users to believe that information would only be accessed when the app was in use. In reality, the app tracked users as long as the device was on, continually collecting their location data. How many coffees do you need a day? <laughs> the investigation uncovered that Tim Hortons can continue to collect vast amounts of location data for a year after shelving the plans to actually use it for targeting advertising, even though it had no legitimate need to do so. That, that was someone's great idea, wasn't it? Like, let's be honest, that, that, that was someone piping up in the middle of a meeting going, should we shelve that? Just let's, we might as well. S3 is cheap. <laughs> <laughs> the company says it also only used aggregated location data in a limited way to analyze user trends. For example, whether users switched to other coffee chains and how users' movements changed during the pandemic. While Tim Hortons stopped continually tracking users' location in 2020 after the investigation was launched, that decision did not eliminate the risk of surveillance. The investigation found that Tim Hortons' contract with an American third-party location services supplier contained language so vague and permissive that it would have allowed the company to sell de-identified location data for its own purposes. So, uh, yeah, not not a great one for, for Timmy Hose. I, I, it's quite weird to be a Canadian, you know, coffee chain and, like, want to then have everybody track each place that the, you know, that you need to go for a coffee. There's not much that brings us joy in today's world right and now even something as unassuming as a coffee app like can't we just have coffee yeah vast amounts of sensitive location data it's not great yeah not great at all so i think with that it's probably time for our security question generation game a new game so okay a new a brand new game okay this is this is gonna be so much fun i'm so so looking forward to this. <laughs> is it geography based? No. 
Thank Christ. (laughs) You will be great at this because this is the game where we rapidly fire security questions to achieve some randomly generated answers. Okay, so you basically have to get every one of these questions wrong because it's going to be questions that that are like security questions. (laughs) Uh, This is the alternative to generating them with one password. So the rules are essentially it has to be believable and it has to be wrong. Those are the only two. You are going to have 30 seconds on the clock. Oh, no. And you are going to be marked for your most believable answers. So if you answer sandwich for every question in order to make the time go faster... That's not going to work. All right. Okay. So, oh, all right. Okay. Is it, am I going and then Anna's going? You are going uh, and then uh, Anna's going. Correct. Okay. Okay. Oh, no. So, essentially, there are some security type questions like what's your mother's maiden name? And there are some other ones that you'll have to think a bit more about. Uh, you're going to have 30 seconds. I think we keep any answers that are rude or lewd and we will bleep them. Okay. This is a real insight into mine and Rue's brain. Yes. It's going to be very fun. Yeah, my brain doesn't work that fast. Right. I want a cut of this where Anna bleeps every one of my (laughs) answers, no matter what. And it's just like, ah! Oh, God. Right. Okay, this also relies on me being able to read the words in front of me and answer the questions quick enough for for the 30 seconds. And not drump into some Watchtower Weekly. Exactly. How many questions... Are there? How many questions do I need to answer within the 30 seconds? I don't know. It depends how many you can get up to. Oh, so it's it's as many as I can get through in the 30 seconds. It's as many ah. as you can get, and you get a point for each one that's believable. I see. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock, and then I'm going to go straight into the questions. Here we go. What's your mother's maiden name? Simons. What high school did you attend? Oh, uh, the Fighting Lions of of South Carolina. What's the top layer of a trifle made of? The top layer of a trifle? Ladyfingers. Who would play you in a movie of your life? Oh, Bradley Cooper. What was your favorite food as a child? It was roasted squid. What is the first name of the boy or girl that you first kissed? Oh, um, Charles. There we go. That's it. Oh, we didn't get very many at all. No. What was that, like oh. four or five? Oh. Six. Oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> That's fun. I like this. I like this a lot. How your brain works. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. All right, okay. Anna, are you ready? Oh, Rue, yes. are you ready yes, for yes. the scores? Uh, as ready as I'll ever be. Okay, here we go. What is your mother's maiden name? McGonagall. Uh, what's the last place <laughs> you traveled to? What? <laughs> I couldn't hear because Rue was like... Sorry. <laughs> so- sorry, sorry, sorry. Pause the clock. <laughs> What, what were you doing? You you dinged McGonagall, and that's not believable. That's <laughs> that's believable. It's a real name. Okay. Okay. We're gonna go again. All right. What's your mother's maiden name? McGonagall. What's the last place you traveled to? Uh, Uruguay. On which part of the body do you wear a glove? Uh, my toes. What's the opposite to slow? Um, sound. Oh. What was your dream job as a child? Uh, an archaeologist. What's your favourite workout song? Um, you spin me right round, baby, right round. <laughs> uh, what do you use your eyes for? Um, eating. <laughs> All right, there we go. God, thirty seconds is not a long time, is it? Oh, I think no. we might have to. Uh, I think we might have to up that to a, a minute next time. My gosh, that's fun. I like this. 
Seven. Anna got seven. So, all right, listen. I think we need to take the believable aspect out of it because, like, you're just dinging everything. So I think it should just be answers, like how many you can get in the time. Believable, what what I mean by that is, like, your last name can't be Sandwich and you can't answer Sandwich to everything. McGonagall is a believable last name someone could have. That's fine. Acceptable. Sure. Maybe that's a better word then. Acceptable answers. Yes. Acceptable (laughs) answers. And, like, you could could DQ them as they come in. You could be like, no, try again. Yeah. My opposite to slow or whatever that one was. That wasn't Sound. good. Sound. Oh, that was, that was good, though. <laughs> I feel like Anna had harder ones. Uh, yeah, yeah, some of them get harder. I guess I'm going to leave the rest of the questions for the next time. Then. Oh. I like this, though. It's a good one. Okay. It's yeah. good, good fun. All right. I guess the only thing left to say is love you both. Oh, love you both. Love you both. Love you both.